All right, let's talk war with Iran. I mean, does that sound, does that sound appealing to anyone? right now. And I ask, I ask that genuinely because it appears there is a group of people in the administration who think that's what you wanted, you know, when you, when you voted for a president who promised to get our people out of the medieval wasteland known as the Middle East. So, so if that's what you want, if that's what you want, then great. But something tells me that dredging up more conflict, more of our own bloodshed in that region may not really be fulfilling Trump's promise to the people who voted for him and who would ultimately be the ones sending their kids into conflict. Because Bolton, he's not going to war. Pompeo, he ain't going to war. Hell, the Saudis, the Israelis, they're not the ones who would be going to war. No, it would be us and your kids. And so I, I just, I just want to make sure it's not their interest they are working toward, but the interest of Trump and the millions of people who voted for him. That's all. So we're being told that Iran blew up these two tankers in the Strait of Hormuz. One Japanese oil tanker, interestingly, while Shinzo Abe was meeting with Iran. And then one Norwegian tanker, and we haven't seen the evidence, we haven't seen the evidence, but don't worry, Mike Pompeo says there is no doubt the American people should rest assured we have high confidence with respect to who conducted these attacks as well as half a dozen other attacks throughout the world. That is a quote. Well, I, I, hope it's, I hope it's just as high as the confidence they had when they said Iraq had weapons of mass destructions because that went swimmingly, excuse me, is going swimmingly because you know we're, uh, we're still there. First though, as always, wanna tell you about our sponsor who today is Cruise Through History. Because funny enough, funny enough, the establishment rhinos who absolutely adore wars all over the world think that they can own cruises. Yes, I'm looking at you, Bill Crystal. Well, sorry, you cannot have a monopoly on fun. And to be honest, yours didn't look like much fun anyway. Cruise Through History. It's actually an experience where you'll learn something we got Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, David Barton, and those are just a few of the names headlining the 14-day cruise to the Mediterranean next spring that's based around history. You can finally live the history while sharing your thirst and love for history and love of country with others who have the same passions. You're gonna hit up Italy, Croatia, Jerusalem, Athens, Greece, where you get to explore the roots of Western civilization. You'll be in Venice, the birthplace of commerce, and Athens, where the first democracy was born. And then, of course, Jerusalem and where Jesus and his disciples shared the gospel that sparked Christianity. This cruise is going to be a cruise like unlike any of the others. So bring your kids, bring your grandkids, share this amazing experience with them. And to find out more about it, to find out more about Cruise Through History, you have to go to comesailaway.com. That's Cruise Through History. Go to comesailaway.com. All right, so Japanese vessel and a Norwegian vessel are reportedly attacked, they insist, by Iran, even though at the time Rouhani was meeting with Shinzo Abe, so, I mean, what, what kind of great, kind gesture would that be if Iran were to go and attack Japan during this meeting? But hey, that, that's, what, that's what we're told. Japanese tanker, Norwegian tanker, and so naturally we, the U.S., are now preparing for conflict. Japan, Norway, 
U.S. ready for battle. So I don't know. You might you might want to ask why are we close to a conflict due to these Japanese and Norwegian tankers? I mean, we had nothing to do with it. We weren't hit. It wasn't our troops. It shouldn't be we anything. Well, they allege Iran did attempt to hit one of our drones monitoring the ships on fire. U.S. Central Command now revealing the Iranians attempted to shoot down an American drone monitoring one of the tankers on fire. The MQ-9, similar to this one, was allegedly targeted by an Iranian surface-to-air missile, missing it by less than a mile. Missed by a mile. A mile. So I'm, I mean, I'm not even convinced that this is a military we should be afraid of, but it is the perfect concoction for going to war. And interesting that this comes as members of the Trump administration are trying to build a consensus around the notion that Iranians are becoming increasingly belligerent in the Strait of Hormuz. And we may have no choice but to act. Secretary Pompeo says there's no doubt whatsoever. The world needs to unite against this threat from the Islamic Republic of Iran. And is Mar the Mar IRGC? Yes, Margaret. Definitely uh, the, the Revolutionary it, Guard Corps? It, it, it is. And, and, and Margaret, I'll remind you too. China gets over 80% of its crude oil transiting through the Strait of Hormuz. South Korea, Japan, these nations are incredibly dependent on these resources. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just waiting for him to say America. Because how is conflict with Iran in America's interest, right? Not China's. I mean, China? Did I even hear that correctly? China? Uh, you hear all this talk about Oh, well, it's to protect international norms and freedom of navigation and blah, 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 blah. All right. My question is this. How does it benefit America to be meddling in these conflicts? What advantage does America have by meddling in all of these affairs? I mean, China, we're, we're supposed to accept that China, our enemy, is actually reliant on us to protect it. I mean, remember, remember when Trump used to say our country is being led by stupid, stupid people, hmm? So I'm genuinely asking here. I mean, I'm a simple guy, and I'm certainly not a military or foreign policy expert, but I do have the right to ask questions and get answers for those questions that are more satisfactory than, well, we just need, we need a presence there, okay? It's been that way for years. Okay, well, why? Well, we just need to monitor it because our presence there it ensures stability. Stability? Right, right, because there, there's just so much stability over there right now. I mean, why can't we leave them to sort that stability out for themselves and leave them to sort out their own sorted affairs? Well, because, because it, would mean, it would mean chaos in the region, Miller. You have to understand that. Chaos in the region. All right, well, what about this region? What about America region? Because we have chaos. We got plenty of chaos here right on our borders. And for some reason, our officials seem less than eager to solve that chaos. How does the chaos over there and who knows where a stand compare to the chaos here on our border? I mean, would this war, would this war hit us? Would Iran come and invade us? Most people I talk to say no. Would Iran bomb or invade the U.S.? Of course not. They won't even attack our ships over there in the Strait of Hormuz. I mean, that's why our ships are there in the first place. They are there because they know Iran's not going to attack our ships. Iran's going to attack ships from other countries who have crappier militaries, but they're not going to attack ours. And so these countries, they want us there to protect other countries. 
not because of our own interests. So help me out here. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it comes down to oil. Nope. Try again because we have our own oil. In fact, we are the largest global crude oil producer in the world. So we don't need them. So while I'm not an expert, when I do talk to the experts about this topic, I have a really hard time getting them to explain to me how conflict with Iran would be in America's interests. How if we went to war with Iran, it would benefit me. How it would benefit my family. How it would benefit your family. How it would benefit your neighbors and your friends. And instead we're preparing for military conflict with Iran to protect China's interests and South Korea and Japan. I mean, I'm, I'm, really, I'm not over the whole China thing. China. I mean, has Trump heard this interview? Because what they're telling Trump behind closed doors may not be what they're attempting to do. I mean, Trump has made it pretty clear he has no appetite for military action with Iran. And so it seems like his advisors are, I don't know, giving him advice that makes him think he's getting to the negotiating table with Iran while actually knowing that it will in turn escalate into a military confrontation with them. Because Pompeo's own words prove that that military conflict is something he's very eager to explore. You say a full range of options. Does that include a military response? Of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course it does. Of course. I can't wait. I mean, why do Bolton and Pompeo seem excited about this option? I would have to wonder if they in some way benefit from this in the way that we, the American people, do not. Because, I mean, it, it almost looks like they're looking for a reason to go to war. I mean, they attacked this ship, they attacked that ship, they attacked this, they did that, they did this. You should not be looking for reasons to go to war with a country, especially over there. They should give you a reason and you have no choice but to go to war. And if you do, you knock the crap out of them and you get out. Trump tweeting today, quote, Iran to defy uranium stockpile limits. Okay, well, that is more concerning than any of the attacks on the Saudi tankers or any of the attacks on the Japanese tankers. Iran actively developing nuclear power is one of those situations that does potentially affect us. But in any effort, in any way, before you go into any armed conflict, you got to ask yourself and your citizens, is this a noble war? Would you be okay sending your children to die, protecting the special interest of people who have very little to do with you? When we think about our troops being sent over to a place to die, we should be as confident as we can that at least they are dying for something worthwhile. Stopping the Nazis, ending slavery, protecting our sovereignty. And of course, we, of course, we crush Iran in no time flat. But then what? Then what happens? We spend the next several decades managing them, building them up. No, we're not into city nation building. We're just into bombing them. Okay, well, hundreds or even thousands of people are going to come home in coffins with flags draped over them. If that's the case, are you going to be okay with that? Trump promised no more endless wars. And his administration has a duty to follow through on that, not escalate it. And we'll see what Trump does because Trump is on our page because there have been reports stating that Bolton might be on his way out because Bolton is not carrying out the vision that Trump wants and the vision that Trump promised to the American people. And that is the one that matters. So, of course, we'll keep we'll keep a very close eye on all of it. But that concludes today's main story. And now for today's out of the house, although I don't, it's, it's still kind of 
still kind of Trump related, so it's still kind of in the house. We'll have to see what little graphic they put up. But today's out of the house story is the issue of flag burning around which the debate was raging on Twitter this weekend after another one of Trump's tweets. That's next. The U.S. flag, it is the greatest symbol of freedom this world has ever seen. And that's not an exaggeration. And therefore, one of the most execrable acts anyone on our soil can do is disrespect it. I mean, that's why, that's why Colin Kaepernick, that entire affair, infuriated so many Americans. You are disrespecting our country to its core when you disrespect that flag. And so when I see, when I see people dishonor the flag by kneeling and even burning it, which is what we're seeing now, it enrages the hell out of me. Well, this weekend was Flag Day, and Senator Steve Daines of Montana proposed an amendment that would make it illegal to burn or desecrate the American flag. And of course, that ignited, and pun intended, all right, because I'm, I'm corny as hell, it ignited a debate over whether a flag-burning ban is a show of patriotism, is it an infringement of free speech. There was lots and lots of opinions on Twitter and online, some of them good, some of them awful. But here's what I'll tell you this entire debate, what it is a distraction. This debate is a total distraction from the far more important debate of what to do over conservative voices being silenced in the media and on the internet. And I mean, we're, fu we're fussing over the hand handful of people who burn flags every year. Come on. Over the last 40 years, there have been a, a handful of attempts to ban flag burning. And guess what? They always end up failing. Or what happens is that they succeed right before getting overruled. Because we as a nation, we largely agree that the freedom to express one's distaste with the government needs and must be protected. Even when it means tolerating something as infuriating as watching a bunch of doofus losers burn the flag. Late great Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, he's the OG conservative and with whom if I ever find myself disagreeing, I tend to have to go lie down. Well, here's what he said on this exact issue and the issue that the Supreme Court has already decided on. If I were king, uh, I would not allow people to go about burning the American flag. However, we have a First Amendment which uh, uh, says that uh, uh, the right of free speech shall not be abridged. And it is addressed in particular to speech uh, critical of the government. I mean, that was the main kind of speech that uh, tyrants would seek to suppress. Burning the flag is a form of expression. Speech doesn't just mean uh, written words or oral words. It could be semaphore. Uh, burning a flag is a symbol that expresses an idea. I hate the government, uh, the government is unjust, whatever. If I were king, I'd too ban the hell out of it. Hell, if I were king, cats would be banned. Vegetarians would be jailed. Alejandria Ocasio-Cortez, she'd be marooned. Cyclists would be banned from the road so they couldn't ride at, at five miles per hour in the middle of the lane while I get the tailwind of their dreadlocks in my grill. But we don't have kings in America. We were founded on not having that. Instead, we have a constitution in which we have enshrined our unalienable rights. This government was specifically designed to maximize freedom for everyone. 
And that means we must always be allowed to express ourselves, even if it's in the dumbest and most offensive ways possible. Even if it means being exposed to someone you find absolutely distasteful or obnoxious or wrong. Because after all, flag burning is utterly obnoxious and distasteful and wrong. But conservatives are the ones who believe just because you're offended by something does not mean it should be illegal. I mean, that's what we've been fighting for for how long? For a long time now, we have been arguing that offensive speech should not be banned. We need to be focusing on what happens when it is big tech censorship, Silicon Valley censorship acting like a king a king who determines who gets to express themselves and who gets suppressed and what happens when conservative voices are pushed out of the public square by the private companies who run them. When CEOs act like tyrants, what ability do we have to fight back to protect our right to express ourselves publicly? That is what we need to focus on, not the flag. Because in 2019, it is no longer enough to just throw up your hands, the free market, and surrender yourselves and your speech, your constitutionally protected right to the likes of Mark Zuckerberg and his cronies who have taken it upon themselves to determine that your opinions are not valid and not worthy of circulation. I mean, these platforms are enormous. So much of our discourse happens on these platforms. There are 2.7 billion people using Facebook and Facebook-owned properties. There are 321 million Twitter users and 1.8 billion YouTube users. And according to Pew, two-thirds of American adults get their news at least occasionally from social media. Social media outpaced newspapers in the U.S. as a source of news. I mean, the president, he makes major announcements on Twitter. He uses these platforms to make major policy announcements. If you're shut out of these services, you might as well be shouting to yourself in your own basement because no one's gonna hear you and you're not gonna hear anyone else. So that is why this debate is so important. We cannot get caught up rehashing the debate on whether or not flag burning should be allowed. That's a distraction, folks. It's stupid. We agree that it sucks. We agree that the people who do it are morons, but let the morons be morons. Let the losers be losers. We have to figure out what we're gonna do about the censoring of conservatives and their ideas online, or this movement will die. And that is not hyperbole. It will be over if we lose our access to these platforms. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.